So this St. Patrick's Day, I'm begging you, please, say our names correctly and don't fall prey to lazy Irish stereotypes. Now, if you'll excuse me, it's time for me lucky charms with my spoon made out of, you've guessed it, potato. Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Uh, I'm, I'm still recuperating. I mean, uh, I guess officially week two of uh, having a broken collarbone. Um, I feel like like the best days of recovery are behind me, and I'm kind of plateauing as far as uh, feeling better. I was feeling like like 2 to 5% less pain every day for about the first week, and now I'm just kind of like, I'm at, I'm at like a four constantly pain wise now, and it's just not improving. Um, I have less spikes of pain, um, but just like so much soreness and stiffness and like, you know, bruised bone and bruised tissue. I sent you a picture just before it went out air. Basically my entire upper arm, my shoulder and like half my chest is varying degrees of yellow to green to purple right now. Um, I think you said it was gross is what yeah, the word you no, used. I, I, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was it was very gross. I'll tell you, I feel worse than gross. So I'll take I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> did they um did they tell you how long it takes to re- to recover typically? They said 4 to 6 weeks and I saw a, a specialist on Monday, a osteopor whatever the fucking bone doctor is. Osteopath. Yeah, and he said, "Well, you can do surgery now and get it over with or you can keep the sling on for 5 weeks." And I was like, "I We'll keep the sling on for five weeks because yeah. I don't I don't want surgery. <laughs> don't, don't don't fucking cut into it. And what, I what, what does that mean? This, get it over with. What do they do? They just basically take the bone and they fucking put a screw between the two pieces of bone. Oh, and say you're all good. But yeah. I yeah. I don't I don't trust this guy for one because he's way too fucking young to be a doctor. Uh, his <laughs> clinic was a fucking madhouse of disorganization and disgruntled employees. Uh, and I keep getting prescriptions from this guy for only three days at a time. Right. So that that means I have to like walk two miles to the nearest Walgreens because not every fucking CVS and Walgreens will even carry the drugs I need, let alone allow my insurance to uh, uh, pick up the tab. Um, and every time I go out walking around for an hour and a half, you know, four hour walk, I come back and my fucking collarbone hurts more than ever. Right. You know, physical activity just makes it worse. Right. So I've, I've been on the phone with his office for a couple of days now and I keep explaining like I need a longer prescription and I get that you don't want to have, you know, give me two weeks worth of narcotics, but like, give me something else then that you can give me two weeks at a time for so I can right. fucking stay home. It's like a muscle and, relaxer hey, or something. And, I, and, 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 you know, so I talk to this guy, I tell him all this shit. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I totally understand. Totally understand. I'll tell the doctor all that. Get a call back later in the day. Another person, different person says, oh, so uh, we were under, under the impression we were only giving you, um, you know, pain meds short term until you uh, had surgery on your elbow. 
And I was like, what? What? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I have a broken collarbone for which I'm not having surgery. She's like, oh, somebody got that part wrong. Okay, let me fix that. <laughs> like, I'm like, what the fuck place is this? There's no fucking way I'm letting this guy cut me now. Right. <laughs> this, they're going to fucking, you know, I'm going to wake up and, you know, be like, well, we, we sawed off the left arm like you wanted. I'm like, it was my right arm and it was supposed to not like, yeah, I don't fucking trust this guy and his staff at all. Yeah, at this no, point, no, for sure, I would not. <laughs> like that person cut into me. You wanted you wanted your left lung taken out, right, sir? Like, right. Uh, yeah, sure, okay. Well, half as much chance I can get lung cancer now, right? Right. Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, that's but, but yeah, scary I mean, notion. And, <laughs> and, and, and like, and they won't even they can't even write me a prescription for like six hundred milligram, uh, milligram ibuprofen because the insurance company says well you can already buy that at the store so why would we cover it it's like because that's what long term care is supposed to be is i pay you insurance and then you fucking pay for the shit when i get sick or hurt that's what it's fucking supposed to do you fucking assholes yeah no unfortunately that's not what it's designed to do in this this is why i didn't country. get insurance in the first place for so long cuz i knew that finally well, yeah, once i did bullshit. it would be this kind of a fucking hassle i'd be jumping through fucking hurdles and jumping through hoops i guess over hurdles through hoops there we go uh, just to get the basic shit that you're supposed to get that would be free in any other country, you just walk into the store, pick it up, you leave. You don't fucking. There's no like, oh, well, your insurance covers five dollars of this prescription, but you still owe ten fifty. <laughs> right. It, it, it's like, like, just fucking. I'll just pay for the whole thing. Just, here's a lot of money, a lot of ones and coins, and fucking throw it at the window. There, America. Um. Yeah. No. You're you're like three more phone calls away from just pulling a Joel in the uh, finale of The Last of Us. I'm I'm fucking walking in this hospital, just fucking. You know, I'm I'm the guy from what's Michael Michael uh, what's his name from Falling Down? Oh, Michael Douglas. Yeah, Michael Douglas from Falling Down. He's just stuck in traffic, and he's just like, I'm just gonna go start fucking shooting shit. You know. I think I thought you would have went with um John Q. What was that movie that Denzel? It was John Q. Right, that Denzel movie. Where he oh, takes the where he like takes the hospital hostage because they won't operate on his kid because he doesn't have insurance and his kid's gonna die. Oh yeah, and uh, Kevin Spacey has to talk him off the ledge. Great, right. uh, great, great plot. No, I never really watched all that one. Was it was it Denzel or Samuel Jackson? No, it was Denzel. Anyway, I'm pretty sure it's called John. Ke- it, no, it, honestly, it's it's hilarious that a movie that only in America can a movie like that exist because that movie like probably makes no fucking sense to any other like country with civilized fucking healthcare. Yeah, well, I think that came out like right after 9/11 too. It was kind of yeah. like the first movie with like, oh, like can, can we have a movie about terrorism? Oh, he's mad at the health insurance company. Oh, people will get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was Denzel, and it was 2002. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember that was like a thing people talked about was like oh a little controversial terrorism taking over the thing and but like the reason like he, was, he the reason he did it was so you know universally uh understood as being right. okay that they were just like yeah i mean america's gonna empathize with this fucking asshole right no um, for sure for sure um yeah so i i, I did mention up to, uh, real quick the last of us we're gonna save our talk about it for the end of the episode since it was the season finale and so many uh significant well significant things happen plot wise so we don't want to spoil that for anybody we'll we'll talk about that at the end of the episode and we'll give everyone a warning so if you want to you know catch up to that show or whatever you can always or start watching episode one just you know take the next nine hours and then come back to our podcast right right pause this pause this podcast you know plug your charger in leave it on then go watch the entirety of the last of us go buy uh, a ps3 uh, play the game for 200 hours, then <laughs> right. binge the show, and then come back to this exact spot in the podcast 
and go on with your life. I'm, I'm definitely debating buying. I, I don't know if I'm going to buy the. I might just buy the first game to get a handle on the gameplay before I buy the second because, like, I, I know it's like fairly cheap right now. It's like a million years old. Mm-hmm. You could bet you buy like the greatest hits version for like ten bucks or whatever. But um, I'm considering getting it just because I, I I feel like I'm never really hard time avoiding spoilers for like three years or whatever it is until the next. I can just tell you what's season. gonna what happens and you'll fucking hate it. I you know I, I I kind of have already unfortunately heard a lot of stuff. Well, well, I'll save it for when we talk about the show later. But I've I've heard a lot. Of stuff. Apparently, it's very uh, I don't want to say controversial, but not as well regarded as it, it. It was significantly more polarizing and divisive than the first game, the story mm. of the second game. To say the least, but yeah, we'll get to that later. Um, we have a couple other random things that we want to kind of get to before we jumped into the main stories i guess but this just like randomly popped up in somehow um i might i don't know if it was facebook or twitter i screenshot of something from twitter and facebook i don't know um but do you remember the (laughs) do you remember the elizabeth warren hex code holocaust tattoos oh yeah so you remember it oh yeah no 100 100, please it's burned in my brain along with the fucking (laughs) the blood and teeth you know, side of the head and the Nazi font tattoos, like just just the the least self-aware campaign and and uh, supporters of maybe any presidential election in, in history. Like, it's just the people I argued with during that fucking election who were Elizabeth Warren supporters just completely divorced from the reality of this who is, she is as a, po- a politician. Yeah. And it wasn't just one person. It was multiple people. And if, if you don't know what it was, the hex code is, you know, in graphic design, every color has a code. Right, so you can program it so that it's it's universally done across the board on any medium. It's the exact same color, and the the color was apparently called Liberty Green, is the name of it. Um, and it, it looks like you know it's like a fucking toothpaste. It looks like toothpaste. It's Statue of Liberty color. That's why it's Liberty yeah. Green. It's like you know exactly not actual. So it's like oxidized Statue her, of Liberty color. Her fucking cult of fence sitting half assers um, decided to get the hex code. Liberty Green tattooed on their arms in exactly the same spot where Holocaust victims had their tattoos forced to right, put on them. Forearm. Yeah, yeah, uh, and they tweeted out their pictures of this shit years ago with uh, you know captions like "first campaign, first tattoo." Like, yeah, I can tell it's your first campaign. I was gonna say, you don't I can know tell anything? Both, right? That's you didn't have that, to fucking say it because it was evident already. Um, and, and so yeah, so immediately people were like, "Uh, what the fuck are you like?" Do you, do you understand the optics of this? And one of them, one of these people replied, uh, said, hi, it's her handwriting. Apparently Elizabeth Warren's handwriting like makes it special. And my partner is Jewish. <laughs> so, oh, that, so, no, so that I, makes it fine. I, I, I ran this by my fucking, you know, my boyfriend who's Jewish and he said, eh, <laughs> so I went ahead with it. <laughs> <laughs> he said, eh, it's probably not worth breaking up over. Like, you know, that, was, it was like, that was basically the calculus he made when, when that. I, yeah, I'm sure it was like, you know, hey, Larry, David, what do you think about this? <laughs> right, right. Like, uh, this, I guess this, that's a blessing. Yeah. Like, what are, what are we going to say? It's permanent. So I'm not going to fucking make a huge stink about it. You know? <laughs> so then she says, I'm so, so sorry. It feels this way to you. But I promise I thought about it and shows placement. So it wouldn't be seen on the outer arm. <laughs> Man, like, they really did learn a lot from Liz Warren. That's like the perfect Liz Warren re- reaction to fucking. I'm sorry about your feelings, but I'm going to do a racism anyway. Right. No, 100%. Well, I mean, look, the the person that they fucking politically idolize is is a, a massive racist and fucking posed as 
a race that she wasn't to get a fucking, you know, higher position and, you know, to advance her career multiple times. So this is not, you know, new territory for them. No, no, not at all. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that, that no, I'll, I'll, that's one of my, my, my favorite slash least favorite memories from, uh, 2020 is that fucking fiasco of a campaign and the fucking harm it did. Well, um, so the guy who was tweeting out these screen caps, this was not even that long ago. This is March 10th, 2020. So it probably popped up like, Hey, your memories to, you know, from two years ago right? on face place, you know? And he, he, he tweeted these out and he's like, I wonder what they told the tattoo artist to get them to go through with this. <laughs> they're probably laughing their ass off the whole time like this fucking cheese oh yeah Christ. it's just more business for me in six months yeah, when you realize shit. what a mistake it was you'll come back and want it covered up with something else yeah where do you think these where do you think nazis get their tattoos like there are tattoo parlors that will put fucking literally anything on you for 500 bucks like they're not you know super worried about it no no they'll they'll take anything and then there's other places where you know they're they're so good that like you have to book them a year in advance right right, right. people and I'm, I'm guessing they're a little bit more discerning because they simply are more talented <laughs> um, yeah i'm guessing um, those places are not the places tattooing like scratched handwriting hex codes on people's arms like that's probably not right. a great use of their skill <laughs> You need a very skilled tattoo artist to make very shitty handwriting um <laughs> you know over and over and over so uh, yeah, we we should talk about a couple little little tidbits, I guess. There are a couple other um, little stories. One that we I, I want to mention that was going around yesterday on Twitter um, was actually from uh, Brianna Joy Gray's show. Uh, I, I, I guess it's still her podcast that she has with Virgil Texas. Did, did she finally finally say where Jer- Virgil's been hiding all these? He, he's still in the header of the Twitter page for for the podcast. So no, I don't believe no. Uh, but but like do, do you really like she has a contract or, or like an agreement people have to sign that when she they come on her show they're not to allowed not to ask, ask about, about it. it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, wow. didn't she have like fucking Tim Pool on there or some shit? <laughs> and they were like, "How didn't you? How did you not ask about that? Like, that's your, you know, like your ideological enemy, and you're not gonna fucking ask." Um, but yeah, she has me blocked because I asked her that on Twitter. Right. So apparently, her policy is if you if you bring up the guy, her co-host, who's in hiding still indefinitely because <laughs> he was grooming a minor sexually on Tumblr years ago, um, you automatically get the block. <laughs> Well, yeah. So our, that 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 shining uh, uh, fucking beacon of of political uh, discourse, the bad faith podcast. So she had on uh, Bethany Mandel, who's just for people that don't know, just a, a fucking atrocious like worm of a fucking conservative uh, blogger. I mean, she calls herself a writer, and I'm sure she writes you know books that fucking you know, collect us next to Bill O'Reilly's books in the $5, you know, bargain bin Barnes and Noble section. But, but she looks super young. Like she looks like a fucking, you know, Gen Z thirties. Like yeah. Or maybe yeah, like, but it's like thirties. Hate hasn't aged her skin yet is what I'm saying. So like, it, like when you look at her, you'd be like, wait, you're, you're against all of these things. Like you're not like what you, something must've happened to her, you know, because like pe- people don't turn into conservatives when they're fucking young. You know, unless something happened to them. I think or... she's like an Israel nut, if I remember correctly. Oh, that explains it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So it's, you know, it, it falls in line with, um, but no, she, she, she's gotten, she's just been main character of Twitter several times. She posted that for people that remember absolutely disgusting photo of a, a child's like the inside of a child's mask, just covered in like phlegm and disgustingness. And she's like, my kid's expected to wear this for eight hours a day. 
And people were like, what the fuck is wrong with your kid that the mask looks like that after one day? Of- yeah, it looked like the kid threw up in it. <laughs> yeah, it was disgusting. It was the most one of the nastiest <laughs> things I've ever seen, like legitimately. Um, so she's just a psychopath and she thinks masks are like oppression. I- I'm assuming she wrote a book about that because in the background of the video for this clip, there's like a picture of kids and masks and like lost childhood, some fucking horseshit. You know, she's one of these lunatics that thinks it was so fucking horrible uh, to impose, you know, public health measures on people during a global pandemic that we did nothing to stop, but, and are still doing nothing to stop. But yeah, so she's one of these psychos, but she is also one of the people who um, just calls things woke for no fucking reason. Like, uh, you know, like the, 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 the fucking Silicon Valley bank is collapsing because it was too woke, you know, that, that sort of genius (laughs) fucking analysis that you get from, Major right. cable news shows now, you know, like Fox. Yeah, um, we're not winning our awards anymore because the military is too woke. Yeah, yeah, just, 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 just fucking mindless. Like you have to be the com- a complete fucking simpleton to believe these things. Um, and you know, but so she, she, she used the word a bunch of times in this interview. So <laughs> Joy Gray was like, "Well, here I'll play the clip, and then we'll we'll talk about it." Um, yeah. and and it's it's just amazing. I somehow exited out instead of hit and play. Hang on two seconds. <laughs> I don't know how I did that. That's a first. Um, <laughs> see, they changed the fucking layout of this website. They're, they're, they're trying to sabotage me here. All right, here we go. Half Americans consider themselves very liberal. And probably fewer of them consider themselves to be woke. And so, you know, when, when well, we talk about What does that mean to you? Red- could, would you mind defining woke? Because it's come up a couple times, and I just want to make sure we're on the same page. So, I mean, woke is... Sort of the idea that um, I this is going to be one of those moments that goes viral. I mean, woke yep. is something that's very hard to define, and we've spent an entire chapter defining it. It is sort of the understanding that we need to re totally reimagine and re redo society in order to create hierarchies of oppression. Um, Sorry, I it's it's hard to explain in a fifteen second soundbite. Well, yeah, take look, your it, time. <laughs> That's great. By all means, keep, take, great. take your time. Keep roasting yourself. Keep yeah. digging. Keep digging. Um, no, that was that was great though by her at the end. <laughs> Just, I mean, oh, yeah, no, take your time. Look, I only wrote an entire chapter of a book defining it. You can't expect to be to remember my own fucking book. No, I'm I, just gonna stammer for twenty seconds because I can't even come up with like a a base fucking you know, definition for the morons that actually use this word without understanding it. it, it, it and people have pointed out like people just conservatives just use this now to be a stand in for like black or for the N word. Like they, it's just, it's this thing has become too black or too diverse. So then it's by definition woke. Like why are there, you know, black people on my television? Why are there black people in my movies, my shitty movie franchises? Like what that anytime you hear the word woke, that's typically, uh, th- that's a good it's a, there's a good chance that that's what it's covering for um at this point or or, or, or lgd today who, uh, stuff. i mean that's one summed it up pretty well uh this guy just random random twitter guy said uh sometimes when people say woke they mean liberals being self-righteous and vicious about trivial things but sometimes they mean integration civil rights laws or black people on television and it's convenient not to have to explain what you actually mean <laughs> So, yeah. Y- yeah, it's it's, you know, that's what they really mean. But they try to hide it in this kind of like, well, they're just they're You know, people are reacting more than they should to a thing that I wish would go away. Like, yeah, really? 
yeah, it always amazes me that people who, you know, are, you know, would be, if they could, the most vocal proponents of slavery um, don't celebrate that part of history, even though, you know, they want to. Right, right. right. It's, no, it's they, the thing they wish they could have, but instead they pretend that, like, the racism is gone, that everything is, is equal now, there is no racism anymore, that we put that behind us, and it's like, okay, well, then should we, should we, you know, if it's behind us, then you shouldn't have any problem with reparations, right? Like, no, no, you wouldn't have any problem with that at all. You'd be like, well, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, clearly if it's behind us, there's no problem with, with someone else having it better than, than me for a little while, right? No, clearly it's not behind us. Right now, and and you know, they they get away with it too with 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 the Confederate flag shit. I mean, they you know that's the that's their covert way of like talking about how awesome that time is without actually you know saying that out loud. Like that's that's their way of fucking being like, yeah, no, I just you know, yeah, I it really was the pinnacle in my of Western of... civilization. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, but this, so she's a fucking moron, but you know, it, it, this is the kind of shit you get from, uh, from that podcast, I guess these days, but the fact that she was even on it in the first place, like whatever, but, um, really funny to watch her twist in the wind like that. And that's honestly, if a lot of these people got called on their bullshit, what they would look like just stammering fucking idiots who can't, uh, explain or define, uh, any of the things that they're talking about. Um, they just know that, you know, these buzzwords will, will fucking, you know, give 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 your fucking grandma's j- pacemaker a jolt when she's watching on Fox <laughs> News. You know, right? Well, I love that she's media savvy enough to know in the moment as she's brain farting that this is going to go viral. <laughs> well, right? She's just but panicking. she can't think of the thing that she wrote an entire chapter about in a book. Well, she can't you- summarize it in you know thirty seconds, fifteen seconds, a minute long. She can't say what it is because she has never been asked the question. Because we just assume that, you know, it means whatever the fuck they want it to. It's like, you know, back in the 50s when they would, you know, have the protest signs, you know, race mixing is communism. Uh, Integration is communism. Like, how how is race mixing communism? Well, see, Karl Marx had a mixed race marriage and he named all four of his mulatto daughters Jennifer. And, that you know, it's like, like, they don't have any fucking idea. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So they just say whatever it is. Right. No, 100%. Um yeah, so you know, while we're on the subject of COVID, we should we should mention there was an article we wanted to talk about um, from from the BBC actually. Yeah, because this is another one of these. Like, there, there's this new, there's a new push from the from the fucking psychopaths who did everything they could to minimize uh, COVID and maximize deaths. You know, during the height of the pandemic, uh, it's not enough that they won societally. That like there have been no, you know restrictions protections you know uh, monetary reimbursement for people at all you know in the wake of covid um it's not enough that these people won they need to to, like further rub it in and just constantly act as if like they're still being oppressed somehow because they couldn't go to applebee's for three weeks in march and may of 2020 like it's it's fucking incredible that these people are still crying but um there's a lot of uh, articles being written about like you know, like, oh, well, people who still mask, like, when are we like this, this idea that it's somehow like a problem that there are people that still take their public health seriously, like when they go out to, you know, high risk places or in public or whatever, like, it's not enough that you don't have to wear one if you don't want to. It's, 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 it's somehow a problem that other people are taking their health seriously and that they wear one. Right. Well, I went to this, um, this, uh, bone clinic on Monday and they, uh, in the instructions say, Hey, when you, you know, please bring a mask when you come here. 
and I looked for one, but I couldn't find one. I hadn't worn it for a while, and I I have them. I just couldn't find them, right? Because right. you you know tuck them away and wherever the fuck. Um, and I got there, and the waiting room was fucking packed. But there was like maybe one or two people that had masks on. And at one point, the receptionist had a box of them and like walked around and was just handing them out. And every single person took one and put it on. So it's not. I, I don't think it's like everyone has an aversion to it. It's just like it's not. You know, it's not so commonplace that people have them with them all the time. Um, no, I think the when they were off the articles. Oh yeah, you know, no, I don't know. I'm just I'm saying the general just public, the, is, just the elites. No, most people that yeah. would, would, if you ask them, like especially in a setting where it's like I, you know, like a healthcare setting, they'll be like, oh yeah, all right. I'll, like most people are not averse to it. It's just the psychopaths who, you know, had exactly. their lives temporarily inconvenienced by COVID and, and and are like, you know, having PTSD from that still fucking three years later. <laughs> So I, I only wanted to read a tiny little bit of the article itself just to give you like the gist of what they did here. Uh, so the title from the BBC, State of Philadelphia. <laughs> Fuck. I can't talk. I'm still on the fucking opiates. I'm still a little. <laughs> I'm on the opiates and I'm drinking right now, actually. Right. Um, now, I, I haven't taken one for a few hours, so I should be good. But BBC News, state affiliated media, also affiliated with like the worst state, England. Uh, mental health crisis from, from pandemic was minimal, according to study. So that's the headline. Byline here is mental health crisis from pandemic was... Okay, that's the same thing. Um, so the byline here was uh, people's health, uh, people's general mental health and anxiety symptoms hardly deteriorated at all during the pandemic, research suggests. The BMJ Review, I'm assuming that's British Medical Journal. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Uh, the Sounds BMJ right. review analyzed 137 studies, mo- uh, mostly from high-income European and Asian countries. <laughs> so right off the bat, okay, depression became a little worse overall, and among women, older people, university students, and those belonging to che- sexual or gender minorities. I don't know what a sexual minority is. What does that? What does that even mean? What's you know? Ge- I'm gender assuming minority? they're just talking about LGBT people, and they're trying I guess. to. Like- some yeah, limey like, fucking what, way of saying it. What's a gender minority? Men? Because the you're world right. is you're right. If we want to be fifty-one percent men, uh, or fifty-one percent women, yeah. and forty-nine percent men. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck they're saying there, but yeah, uh, right away. Okay, they, they they this this review or this study just looked at one hundred and thirty-seven other studies. It didn't do anything on its own. <laughs> right. Right. So so it was just like, hey, what do you got going over there? Oh, you think that? Oh, you think this over here? Okay, sure. So the tweet from BBC with his article quickly got flagged by Twitter. Apparently some part of Twitter is still working correctly. Uh, And it says readers added context. They thought people might want to know from the article authors and art. Fuck man. I cannot fucking talk tonight from the article and authors of study quote, the review did not look at lower income countries or specifically focus on children, young people and those with existing problems. (laughs) The group's most likely affected experts say, and risks hiding important effects among disadvantaged groups. So yeah, it was like, hey, how's uh, how's Scandinavia with their free healthcare working out with the COVID thing? Oh, good thumbs up. All right, well, rest of the world. What's your problem? Right. No, it's it's fucking preposterous. You know, it's it's just a completely, you know, white Eurocentric fucking study. Um, <laughs> just to prove whatever point they were trying to prove. I don't even know what point they're trying to prove because then half the time they do that, and half the time they're trying to make it as if you know. 
kids fucking like learning from home for fucking six months was like the most devastating thing for their mental health that they'll never recover from anything that fucking doesn't disrupt their, their, the flow of capital. Like they're trying to think of whatever fucking, you know, studies and things they need to roll out so that never again, do we take another fucking pandemic seriously? Cause I'm sure that's, you know, and they mentioned Asian countries without mentioning, you know, which Asian countries, but I guarantee it, it was less of a problem there because in Southeast Asia, you know, they've had so many other pandemics that like they their governments take it fucking seriously. Right. right? And and their citizens aren't selfish fucking psychopaths like in this country who just think that <laughs> right. their personal comfort is like paramount to the public safety of, you know, hundreds of millions of people. Like that's yeah, they're, not... they're not protesting and blocking ambulances from being able to go to the hospital because right. they don't they don't want to wear a mask to, you know, go to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, it, it's just, oh God, I, I just, I'm so fucking over the whole conversation, but it's just, uh, you know, these people can't fucking understand that they've beaten everything else, everyone else down and, and not only won this fucking argument because, you know, just sheer force of, of fucking will by, you know, convincing enough people that there was no, uh, no issue whatsoever, but they just need to fucking continue to rub it in. So it's, it's, it's obnoxious, but I'm sure we'll keep getting articles like this anytime, you know, people try to take public health seriously. Um, but just, and- just the way they even the, even the way that they framed it as, you know, well, well, of course, these, you know, poor people and young people would be more hysterical about it, like as though that that's somehow like a pre-existing condition on its own. Right. You know, right. Like, oh, <laughs> you mean people who don't have money and don't have resources and if they get, you know, uh, you know, se- severely ill, like they're going to be more worried and mentally, you know, concerned about these things. Yeah. Those weird. young people and their hysteria over not dying. Right. <laughs> it's it? just Please. fucking. Fucking why, don't you, why don't you go get a, get a mortgage and buy a diamond for once in your life, kids? <laughs> right. I mean, come on. Like, what, what, the, what the fuck? What, how, you know, how, how much money are you contributing to your 401k every week? That's that's what the real important thing is. Not, not you know, whether or not you're going to fucking ugh, keel over from COVID. So anyway, um, yeah, we wanted a couple more stories we wanted to get to before we kind of got into uh, uh, Last of Us talk. We wanted to talk about um, what's going on in uh in chicago in your neck of the woods in chicago um yeah chicago's mayoral race um yeah so paul vallis is the bad guy the fucking cartoonish evil villain we talked about him and how you know when when you google are there public schools in new orleans the answer is no all schools in new orleans are now privatized thanks to paul vallis and his privatization efforts with his vallis group which is is basically Mm. a lobbying group a consulting firm to promote privatized charter schools, getting money from taxpayers to make a profit. Right. And, and firing all the union teachers and so on and so forth. Uh, and he just got, I mean, he, he, and he also consulted for the Chicago FOP fraternal order of police and their contract negotiations. So he's not against all the unions, only unions for cops. Does he support though? Um, he just got endorsed today by a guy who used to call himself a Black Lives Matter activist who used to call for defunding the police and was a national surrogate for Bernie Sanders. I heard this guy speak uh, at MSU when when Bernie came to Lansing in 2016. I saw this kid speak, and he just endorsed Paul Vallis today. Yep, the the super white fucking, you know, conservative... 
you know, shithead uh, charter schools guy. This guy's name's Jamal Green, and like a typical grifter who rides a wave of goodwill on, you know, some progressive platform until someone writes a check for them, and then they flip to whatever fucking corporate agenda they, you know, will take them. And he announced this, and I, I mean, I just replied with a fucking gif of um, Django Unchained <laughs> of of Sam Jackson, you know, holding the dead body of uh, Leo DiCaprio <laughs> and crying. And it got like 30 likes, like in the first hour, I think. But uh, yeah, I mean, just complete fucking clown shit. Um, somebody wrote a huge long uh, thing in response to it saying just, you know, like, I don't know what's in your heart, but what you, whatever you think you're doing, you've disappointed everybody today. Right. And his reasoning was that, well, I, I want the police to be defunded. I just don't believe that, um, that uh, Brandon Johnson, the guy who's pretty good, who's running, will actually do it. So you think the guy who's been endorsed by the Fraternal Order of Police is the guy who's actually <laughs> going to defund the police? So I'll make sure I endorse the guy who's definitely not going to do it and has vocally said he doesn't want to do the opposite. Like Paul Vallis ha- has said Chicago, the city with the highest per capita number of police in the nation, should hire hundreds more police. Hundreds yeah, more sure. than the 12,000 we already have. Um, so yeah, this guy's just running as a, like just un you know, and he actually he got endorsed by the Chicago GOP, the official Chicago GOP chapter, or whatever, and he tweeted it uh, on Saturday to say how proud he was to be endorsed by the Chicago GOP, and that he would because he claims to be a Democrat, and that he would be a leader for all political parties, and it was up for exactly forty eight hours before he got to del- got deleted. <laughs> Someone in his campaign realized that was a bad one. Um. And then, then somebody was looking at his Facebook page from like a year ago, uh, and somebody was posting some like anti-Semitic George Soros conspiracy theory that uh, Soros had like planted like all the all the cities with the worst crime had DAs that were being you know paid off the books by George Soros, and they were asking Paul Vallis on his Facebook page if he thought that was true, and he replied, "Yes, it is." <laughs> Please vote for me. Yeah, that's that that you know he's George a Soros thing, right? Like he's he's yes. like like he's I don't. Really, I'm just I just want to make sure. Democratic like primary. This is the he's Democratic like, he's primary. He's like a shit lib. Like what what is he doing? No, he's like, not even like a fucking shit lib. He just I mean, he's, he's, like, he's an Eric Adams conservative. Democrat. He's running. Know, he's he's, he's running to like the right of fucking Joe Manchin is what he's doing. Right. Um. So yeah, this is this is his tweet here. Complimented to have received an official endorsement from the Chicago GOP last evening. I work hard with both parties and respect the relationships that are formed from one common goal across the board. Yeah, you know, the goal of fucking stop and frisk. You know, we all have that goal shared in common, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so yeah, his, the the numbers, because he was the only white guy out of seven running. Uh, Jamal Green was one of the other seven running. So he seems to think that even though he came in like last place, his endorsement means fuck all. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's basically, it, you know, it, he, Paul Vallis got three, 33% of the vote when there were seven people running. Right. So now we have the runoff between Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson. Right. Uh, Johnson came in second, but it was like a distant, it was like a good 10 point spread between the two of them. Uh, but the latest poll I saw has Brandon Johnson at 46% and Paul Vallis at 40%. And as things progress in the next few weeks here before the election in, in April, um, it is bound to heat up, especially with um, ads like this, if you have this queued up. 
Brandon Johnson wants to defund the police. Candidate for Mayor Brandon Johnson said he would cut the Chicago police budget by at least $150 million. The Chicago Tribune calls Johnson's tax proposals radical, raising taxes over $800 million, including a new city income tax. Chicago can't afford Brandon Johnson's risky proposals to raise taxes and defund the police. Paul Vallis will put crime in your safety first, and he'll hold the line on taxes. Yeah. So, so does that sound like a political ad from a from someone who's not a Republican, age seventy eight? Yeah, no, that's 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 straight out of the fucking like the early nineties fucking playbook of you know late eighties. Just early the 90s. music. It it reminds me of this fucking Mister Show sketch I was telling you about, where there's two guys who are like just running ads against each other, but they're not actually running for office. And it's just anytime it's, you know, Brandon Johnson wants to dun dun dun. And the music's all like dark and, you know, foreboding. It's in black and white and like zooms in on his face, like scowling, like, Oh, I'm evil. I'm going to raise yeah, your taxes. Th- th- these types of uh, fucking ads have been, uh, <clears throat> they're so hacky that they're like a hacky comedy bit at this point, but somehow people are still fucking making them like legitimately without any sense of irony. Uh, and, and you know, the stupid thing is we're so stupid in this country that like, they must work on some segment of the population. Otherwise, like, yeah, they work on black fucking... Republicans. <laughs> right, right. I, you know, guys with wives named Emily. Like, that's that's who the, these heads are made for. But, you know, it, it's just fucking hilarious to me. Yeah. Um, well, it, in, this, in this press conference that he had with Jamal Green today, it was it was one white guy and like a sea of black people surrounding him. So clearly he knows he's he's, he's got to tap into, you know, conservative homeowner South side uh, conservative Democrats who, you know, genuinely are worried about crime. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But the idea that you're going to solve it by throwing hundreds more cops at the problem. Right. Uh, Throw more gasoline. Work. Keep uh, the Every, more gas will put the fire out that the thing that's causing the problem in the first place right. is sure to make it better. You know. Well, but this is I mean, his his whole his whole theory about privatization of schools is that, well, if schools are failing, you should strip away the union teachers, strip away their accountability to any kind of school board and the state takes over. Right. And they run the the school until they get the results they want. Well, why wouldn't you apply the same litmus test to the police? If the police are failing to solve crime, you should defund them until they get their shit together. Right. Isn't that the same fucking mentality? One would think, but that's obviously not the way that these fucking psychos think. No, no. So so if, if we apply the same theory to schools that he does to police, failing schools should get more union teachers <laughs> right? until they succeed. Which is actually, honestly, the, 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 the correct solution in the, in the case of teachers. I mean, you know, obviously these things don't have a one-to-one, um, uh, you know, s- solution to them. But yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah well, you, you could hire fun. you could hire two teachers with the salary of one mm-hmm. cop. So, as they used to say back in the day, fire a cop, hire two teachers. Right, which is another sad commentary in of it, in and of itself. But yeah, um, yeah, so fucked up. But we'll see how that race develops. Actually, while we're on, uh, while we're still on here, that I, I just noticed that uh, Bethany Mandel responded uh, to that clip of her going viral today. <laughs> on Twitter, and it's actually even funnier than the clip somehow. Um, so I'm going to read her tweet thread real quick. Yeah. Um, so everybody's seen my viral brain fart from Rising this morning. Oh, it's on. Ri- okay, so it wasn't on her podcast. She's somehow, I guess, now on the show that Crystal Ball quit. The the other, you know, pseudo left progressive grifter, whatever. Um, yeah. 
I can see why it went viral, of course. For those who haven't, here it is. Uh, a bit of backstory. Just before we went on air, Renata Joy Gray was on a hot mic. I heard her demeaning parenting in general uh, in colorful and nasty terms, stating that parents only have kids in order to perpetuate their own narcissism. <laughs> Robbie responded, uh, there are some good ones and there are some bad ones. As a mom of six, including a newborn, this threw me off just a bit. Not an excuse, <laughs> just a reality. I'm human. <laughs> As for wokeness, here's a mother of six. What is it? The 1860s? Is that? I would be shocked if she actually did say that off mic on purpose, knowing that she has six kids just to fucking get in her head before they start the interview. Brianna Joy Gray is very good at like playing nice while like slipping something very dark under the radar in ways that she know will bother people while pretending like she's just all fucking sugar and berries you know no, like, honestly i got that, that thing down <laughs> yeah no that, that which is why she would have made a great press secretary for bernie honestly i was very disappointed that we never got to see that because i feel like that would have been very interesting uh television but um yeah, yeah so she, she she then goes on to define wokeness uh nine hours later uh, a radical belief system suggesting that our institutions are built around discrimination and claiming that all disparity is a result of uh, that discrimination and seeks a radical redefinition of society in which equal group uh, result is the end point enforced by an angry mob. So, yeah, so she 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 needed to go to fucking, you know, Bill O'Reilly's Webster Dictionary version of wokeness, like fucking hours after her appearance, because she was just so fucking shook and rattled in the moment. Um it was just funny too because I was th- I, I meant I meant to mention this when we talked about it initially. I, if it wasn't uh, over such a hilarious topic and she, she wasn't such a shithead, I'd almost feel bad because I've had that moment where like you you freeze up when you're talking to people or you're on a thing or whatever. Like I've had that like where I've led a meeting before and I'm just like there's you know 15, 20 people staring at me and I'm just like. Uh, like stammering through like the thing I'm supposed to see. And it oh, feels why like you prepare. It's why you have notes. <laughs> no, and, and, but even if you, and honestly, like even in my, like in my, I don't know about her in her case. I, I think maybe if you wrote a book on wokeness, you should be able to define wokeness on the spot. But uh, in my case, I had prepared. I just had like weird stage fright at the, at this one weird like meeting I had at one point. But I know that like I did that for maybe five seconds. It felt like five minutes. So I can imagine her in her head stammering for a legitimate 15 to 20 seconds must have felt like she was fucking, you know, watching Schindler's List, the you know, the entirety of Schindler's <laughs> List in the time that it took her to fucking spit an answer out. Schindler's List, the musical. <laughs> right. Um, so Schindler I- on the roof. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, that, that would, yeah, not, not a great crossover that one. Um, but, but so yeah, I, but you know, I, I, I feel no sympathy for her cause she's a shithead, but I just thought that that was funny that she felt the need to like dig the hole further by talking about the fact that, you know, Brianna Joy Gray had a pretty funny take on parenting, <laughs> pretty, you know, in some cases, accurate take to, to a lot of people, I think, you know. Not- I think for most people, it is that, yeah, it, it becomes a point where they, something else is lacking in their life and they think, oh, a baby will fill that hole. Um, and sometimes it does, but <laughs> like that'll fix the marriage. You know, like it, it's still, you know. it's like you, you see parents where their baby is just an extension of their ego. Now, whether that is a form of narcissism or not, I I couldn't say for sure, but it is absolutely, it's like, you know, especially when you see fucking families and they have like, you know, they they get family wear for like 
fucking photos, you know, and they're like sitting out in front of their fucking giant McMansion. It's like, there's no way. Look, it's a little this mini guy me. didn't grow up as the most popular guy in school and went to church and his dad was the thing and his fucking, you know, uncles that, you know, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to have a bunch of little fucking me's and they're all an extension of my legacy. And like, you know, I mean, we still fucking watch shows about that shit on fucking HBO. So it's not like it's completely foreign to us, but you, you recognize it as being abhorrent in today's society when you see that kind of a, I don't know. It's it's just a weird fucking thing. <laughs> no, I know. I know. So that's why I, was, I just thought it was funny that she was extra fucking chuffed about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so uh, one last story before we kind of get to the review. We uh, wanted to talk about uh, everybody's favorite vice president. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but we actually do have a vice president in the United States. Her name is Kamala Harris. I know we haven't seen her. Uh, I'm not sure if she's still <laughs> breathing, but uh, I, I guess this article maybe provides Usually some proof you, of life. you hear her first. You know, it's like it's like the Jaws theme. You know, you just hear that, <laughs> right? <laughs> like the just the laugh to the fucking the Jaws. You know? Did you listen to the <laughs> fucking <laughs> clip of her that I put in the front of the episode for last week? Uh, I don't remember. I might have. Oh my god! So she's based. She's at some fucking. I don't know where the fuck she is, and she's telling people uh, the 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 URL for a government website to look up in order to sign up to get free internet. And it's it's like turn to your person next to you, and it's it's gov dot something. Da, da, da. <laughs> and everyone's looking around like, what is she fucking? At? It's like, how are people that can't afford the internet supposed to fucking look up the internet? Right, right. Use it on the non-existent. You look it up on the non-existent internet that you don't have. Yeah, I guess you go to the library. I mean, ninety percent of people go to the library are just poor people that don't have internet. But um, yeah, so and of course she laughs like. 10 seconds longer than a human being should ever laugh at any of your own jokes anyway. Right. It's, it's this bizarre thing she uses in, in lieu of a personality because people of consultants have told her that she's um, horribly depressing and a drag. I'm sure every time she opens <laughs> her mouth. So they're like, oh, you got to make yourself fun. You got to laugh. Like it's the same thing they tried to do with Hillary. Cause she was, you know, always coming across as stern and uh, like, you know, cold and psychopathic when she would, I you mean, know, start yelling about something. It, in a, at least in, it was in, genuine for her, though. You know, like <laughs> I never feel that anything Kamala says or does is genuine uh, other than just her indifference to humanity. No, it all feels like a product <laughs> of, 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 the, of the Xanax, just a product of fucking Merck, you know, Merck chemicals coursing through her veins. For keeping, sure. her, keeping her from fucking snapping everyone's neck. Um, yeah, but yeah. So what what what's going on in in the in the ever going saga of uh, Kamala Harris? Uh, well, there was like an more. article uh, on I think it was on CNN.com. CNN.com. Because uh, I, I guess they do um, text reporting too, and not just TV TV stuff. Anyway, the uh, this just the headline alone. I'm just like, oh man, we're we're in for a ride on this one a little bit. Uh, Democratic leaders want the party to stop its Kamala Harris pile-on ahead of 2024. Please be nice. Please clap. <laughs> yeah, like, maybe don't suck and, like, your own party. What? Like, this isn't even us. Like, it's the fucking, like, the, the like party, like, loyalists. Like, the people that we fucking can't stand. Or They, they talk just as much shit about her because they know she's not the one to fucking lead the party. She's just fucking no, awful. Well, and, and Biden is, no matter what you want to say, he's on death's door. So it's like, literally, they, you know, like we, we threw Kamala in there as a Hail Mary to stop Bernie, right? Uh, you know, so that we would, you know, I 
I guess win some southern states. And to something. and to kind of but, excuse all of Biden's fucking segregationist past, to like you know, the same his gropey hands, you know, right? You know, oh, it, it was a good cure all for the, it was the same way that he was the white racist Republican Democrat that Barack Obama could run with. She was the black, you know, in in dumb people's minds, progressive, you know, black Democrat that he could run yeah. with. She was black Tim Kaine. She fixed the the thing that was wrong with the right. guy. I don't know what the fuck Tim Kaine was supposed to fix. Like that, that was just, just, you know, like, let me pick somebody who's just like me, but even more bland and even more conservative. Like, I don't understand what the thought process was there other than nobody will want this guy to be president. So I'll be fine. <laughs> like, it's, you know, I don't even like, I'd never heard of Tim Kaine before. No, me neither. Right. I, it was like, he's a what? A who? Oh, that's what he looks like. Yo, sorry, Tim Kaine. That's 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 pretty much all you're. <laughs> like, gun to my head, I legitimately would would not be able to tell you if he's still in Congress or not. Like, if you literally put a gun to my head and we're like, we will. I thought he was a senator. That's what I mean. I I knew he yeah, was a they senator. They don't pick congressmen to. Uh, I'm sorry, Congress people <gasps> to be vice president. You got to at least be a senator. Or no, no, I, I don't know. I, like gun to my head, I don't know if he's still a senator. Like he could be, or he could not be, and you could tell me either way, and be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, that's <laughs> right. how much of a non-factor the almost vice president of the fucking country is. Well, he certainly didn't do her any favors, but no. yeah, that was hers to lose. All right, so let's get into the uh, meat and potatoes of this article here. Um, so it jumps around a little bit with what I excerpted out of here, but, uh, the, the first thing I have to read is the first line of the article, just to, to let you know, Elizabeth Warren has called twice to apologize over a month later, Kamala Harris hasn't called back. (laughs) Someone salty (laughs) in a local Boston radio interview in late January, Warren was enthusiastic about president Joe Biden running for reelection, but Asked if Biden should keep Harris as his running mate, she said, quote, I really want to defer to what makes Biden comfortable on his team, end quote. Ooh, (laughs) you don't say that. You don't say that publicly. You have to be enthusiastic no matter what. Any, any, any slight at all. That's a big fucking deal. Right. And so... (laughs) Pretty insulting, quote, end quote, is how one person close to Harris described the feelings of many in the vice president's office and in her wider orbit. Assuming this is referring directly to what Warren said, Warren made her case to Harris's chief of staff, Lorraine Voles, who returned the senator's call in place of Harris, a source familiar with the callback told CNN. This shit is so petty. This is like this is like fucking schoolyard shit. (laughs) <laughs> but but uh, this is uh, on the level of people that have access to nuclear weapons. It's like there's no difference between fucking teenagers and people with nuclear weapons. It's just, you know, how nice they have to dress to work every day. Yeah, it's, That's a, scary, the only it's a scary thought that she's one fucking decrepit 80 year old man dying away from becoming the president of the United States. Considering it, how fucking petty and seriously. small and like awful she is. Uh, again, this is why we watch Game of Thrones, because it's just, you know, we need escape from our horrible, awful, shitty you know, people doing shitty, awful things to each other. Right. The fucking crazy incestuous genocide lady is preferable as a leader to the fucking actual leaders we have in this country. I mean, if, at least Cersei loves her children, right? Oh, I, oh I, meant, I meant Daenerys, but yeah, no, either one. I guess that could have applied to either one of those two. Right. Yeah. No, I was saying, I was saying at least Cersei loves oh, her yeah, children. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to Kamala Harris, who uh, I, I couldn't say for sure if she does or not. Probably right. not. Again, ego extension? I don't know. 
Warren made her. Oh, I read that part. Da, 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 da. Uh, but the Warren moment is infuriating many in Harris's circle. To them, it's the latest in a long string of snubs to a vice president whom they say has never gotten the respect or support she deserves. Like, again, she lost her election. She dropped out three months before the Iowa caucus because she couldn't raise any money in her home state. And got plucked off the backbench to go fucking do the job that literally anyone could do because you don't have to do anything. And still, they're like, there's nothing for her to do. It's like, fucking cut the ribbon on a thing and go do it. Like, you know, what do you, what do you want? a fucking champagne bottle on a, on, a, on a fucking crew, on a Navy destroyer. Like, what, do you, what the fuck do you want? This is what exactly. you signed up for. And they literally, you remember the article we did, this is about a year ago, an article where people at the White House said, we have asked her office to, you know, submit ideas for what it is she wants to do and they haven't sent us anything right like we'll let her do whatever she wants to do it's just like she doesn't know what she wants to fucking do right she's fucking incompetent and has no business in that position she just you know i think she's fine not doing anything i think she's totally fine doing jack shit it's her staff that feels like they want to be right they're a bunch of fucking climbers you know people that would willingly work for her you can imagine the person that's why they keep quitting on her is because they're like i thought this would be a big illustrious thing and she's just content to fucking sit there cackling away on xanax playing fucking you know a candy crush on her fucking cell phone like i want more than this i watch west wing over and over i have the fucking blu-ray 4k at home and that's this is not what i expected um yeah, I mean, if you want to know what it's really like, watch the, you know, the Julia Louise Dreyfus sitcom Veep, because that's exactly what they're really like, those people. Yeah. Uh, multiple less dem- funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> multiple Democratic leaders contend that if people don't start feeling more positive about the next person in the line of succession, they might turn away from the ticket entirely. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, because that's that's the thing that made people apathetic was, you know, not being inspired enough. By the lady who doesn't do anything. They're urging allies to stop the Harris pylon, if only for Biden's sake, or for Democrats' sake, or the party's future. I mean, only for, you know, the sake of everything do we ask this, that we have somebody who's competent and inspiring. Quote, right now, she seems to be an albatross. End quote. (laughs) Fretted one. (laughs) Yeah. Fretted one state Democratic Party chair who is concerned about Harris's poll numbers and about Biden's re-election chances. Quote, she's either going to be a liability or a help. And you better embrace her because it's not like she's going to be off the ticket. They, they, they keep saying that. And then you never know. Like it just could it just fucking happen one day and it's just, okay, it's over. Like she's gone next, you know, next thing. Whether yeah. advancing the, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah, go ahead. So they started quoting somebody else here, uh, quote, whether advancing the priorities of the Biden-Harris administration, defending Americans from unrelenting Republican attacks on freedom and liberty, or helping to restore our nation's reputation on the global stage, the vice president remains laser-focused on improving the lives of the American people, end quote, Allen said in her statement. Like, does that sound like a real person talking? That's it. Like, that reads like a high school guidance counselor giving a glowing review for your first burger flipping job, honestly. Right. So, yeah. So those are all the people saying how great and wonderful she is. If only we would just realize it. Like, like she hasn't had all of the media in the entire country, you know, trying to prop her up all this time. It's it's just us that won't, you know, see the greatness. Uh, or is it? Because... As the article moves on here, Hollywood weighs in. That's not from the article. It's just 
what I have here in my notes. <laughs> While Warren may not have meant to express doubts, the Zoom call organized by one-time Biden Senate speechwriter and attended by Hollywood donors, executives, and actors, including Helen Hunt, Ron Livingston, and Beverly Hills 90210 star Gabriel Carteris, Carteris sure. was full of them. <laughs> doubts. That was yeah. where it started. Doubts. Harris is a huge liability to complain to former California Senator Barbara Boxer, according to two people on the call. <laughs> she would hurt Biden's chances because people will focus on her, given his age. How, one asked Boxer, did they get Biden to replace her? Boxer, this is this is like feels like a, a Curb Your Enthusiasm moment when you read this. Boxer, whom Harris succeeded in the Senate in 2016, gave a muted response, quote, if that's how you feel, you should let Biden know, end quote, Boxer told them, according <laughs> to people on the call. They're like, I'm letting you know. What the fuck? Like, we're on a phone with call with you. Like, what? Asked yeah. about the comments, Boxer told CNN, quote, I said it was the president's choice, end quote. <laughs> like, Just an another ringing, glowing endorsement of the vice president <laughs> from a member of her own party. Just, it's like, like, like all, so all these Hollywood actors who, you know, I would say like B-list Hollywood actors are like, we gave all this money and we're really worried because Kamala sucks. Like what, why, why won't you tell, why won't you tell Biden about it? And boxers are like, why don't you tell him yourself? <laughs> you got his fucking number, fucking Helen Hunt. <laughs> it was fucking great. Several, several strategists preparing for a reelection campaign say that if all Harris did was help drive up black turnout by championing the issues that matter to those voters and light up women, including suburban women, read white women right on anger over Repu uh, republicans abortion restrictions that in itself might be enough to win biden a second term again like they're just admitting that they fucking let roe v wagon overturn because they could use that as a political football right basically and, and also the idea that she somehow like drives black voters black people don't like kamala harris like if you if you actually pay attention to what people say about her like, she's a fucking cop. She's a cop first and foremost. Like, ask black people what they think about other black cops, like, and see if they, they give you a glowing fucking endorsement just because, you know. Th th but this is the way that rich white liberals think is that, well, they're black, so therefore they could be fucking Adolf Hitler. Uh, it doesn't matter as long as they happen to look like the person that we want to come out to vote for me. They'll come right. out to vote because they're stupid. That's what, that's what fucking white conservative Democrats think is that they think black people are stupid and they will vote for somebody right. just because they're exactly. black. And that's, and that's liberal racism. That's the right. tokenism that you see with so many fucking centrist liberals where it's like, we, we got the, we got the, the prison guards to be the same color as the prisoners. That's, that's how you, that's progress, right? Right. It's, yeah. So <sighs> Harris has shaken up some of her operations, bringing on a new chief of staff, a deputy chief of staff and press mm -hmm. secretary, mm -hmm. all known to and favored by the West Wing. Other adjustments were made too. Others were not, in part because of Harris's own resistance. Her second communications director in two years, meanwhile, departed the office around New Year's for family reasons. <laughs> That's always the, the reason they give when somebody doesn't want to say the real reason. Right. A search for a replacement or possible restructuring to give Harris what several involved feel is a much needed role of a senior counselor has remained underway for months because nobody wants to work with her. Yeah. Not, not a surprise. <laughs> Harris fought to attend. This is, this is hilarious. Harris fought to attend Tyree Nichols funeral in February after winter storm weather canceled flights across the country. So yeah, she, she was like, you know, trudging through the snow. Like I must be at the thing to 
honor the kid that was killed by the same policies that I put in place as DA in San Francisco and attorney general in fucking California. Right. Um, to Al Sharpton, the impromptu speech he invited her to give proved criticisms against her are unfounded. Mm-hmm. Americans saw for what it was. Sharpton said she was speaking from the heart. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess she, she made it there in time to fucking say some, yeah, fuck Al Sharpton. Yeah, speaking too, of, speaking of morality, Al Sharpton, that's, that's the guy I look to for, for actual, yeah. you know, truth telling. So, so here's the thing the article doesn't mention is, uh, the, the specific policies that, uh, Kamala Harris enacted, uh, as DA of, of San Francisco and as attorneys general in California, the reason why people don't like her, the reason why black people don't like her, Aside from ramping up police encounters, so this is all from um, the account holding Biden accountable. Um, This is not from the article. This is all stuff the article would have said if they were honest people, if they were serious people. Aside from ramping up police encounters in the first place by opposing marijuana legalization, etc., Kamala specifically opposed independently investigating police murders and a statewide implementation of body cameras. In 2012, cops shot an unarmed Latino man in the back and handcuffed him as he died. They then used less lethal guns and dogs to attack concerned women children, uh, women and children before fatally shooting another unarmed Latino man in the back the next day. Kamala refused to investigate. When her cops shot a mentally ill woman, Kamala responded by prosecuting the victim. When multiple <laughs> cops raped an underage girl, Kamala again refused to investigate. When a police misconduct case revealed racist and homophobic texts being sent by cops, the San Francisco public defender begged Kamala to investigate. Again, she refused to investigate. Uh, and as if the extra judici- judicial executions weren't enough, Kamala used a technicality to appeal a judge ruling that the death penalty was unconstitutional so she could continue sending disproportionately black people to be killed by the state the correct way, too. Yeah, so she's a psychopath. I mean, we've 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 you know it's been well documented what a complete bloodthirsty psychopath she is. She has this. She has a cop's mentality, and uh, you know the absolute worst fucking disposition imaginable for a public office, let alone the second most powerful you know office in in the country. Um, yet this is what we're stuck with because this is what the Democrats are—a bunch of fucking cops and maniacs. Uh, you know. Uh, it's just yeah well and i guarantee the person that wrote this for cnn um they all know all that stuff they know kamala's record so they're just hired to do pr for her it's purely what this article is is you know admitting that there's a problem but the problem isn't her record it's people piling on her for some weird reason that we won't say we just need it to stop right we just need you to stop like you know telling the truth about a record no white liberals her record is a feature, not a bug to them. The, the fact that she's so punitive towards black people, because they also uh, hate to have to, you know, fear for their safety as they're walking from their fucking Mercedes to their, you know, $60 million television studio. And they have to pass a homeless guy. <laughs> that's like the scariest thing in the world right. to them. So, yeah, you know, they, 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 they actually that's a feature for them, not a not a bug. That's not something they need to get around. They just need to yeah. keep it quiet enough to not, you know let the general population in on what a fucking shitty person she is. But, you know, most people fucking know. And that's why she was getting, you know, uh, fucking she was coming in fifth in her fucking home state and polling before she dropped out. People know about her there. Yep. 
So one last little bit here I have that's a little bit funny that we can talk about uh, the the Last of Us slash Mandalorian slash whatever thing. Um, so the Cop City thing has gotten national attention more and more uh, to the point where they are arresting uh, more and more kids for terrorism, even if they weren't there at the time. They raided a music fest that was like the day after some kids lit a fucking tractor on fire or like a front end loader on fire. And they raided this music fest and arrested like 25 kids. Right. For, for terrorism because right. they Domestic burned up a charged them with. Yeah. Burned up a front end loader. So this is from the onion. Uh, Atlanta police explain why they need a cop city. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, this is this $90 million thing. They want to cut down the fucking 200 acres of forest to build a little, you know, fake playland for the cops to train how to fucking, you know, take away our, uh, fundamental human rights even better. Right. So, uh, Atlanta police explain why they need cop city. Uh, I don't have all of the fictional officers names, but I'll just run through these, um, all these quotes. It would be cool to have a place where I could work out and train in between naps in my police cruiser. <laughs> How can we serve the community without a fortified stronghold miles away from civilization? I still can't tell the difference between my gun and my taser, but with eight or nine more training courses, I should be able to figure it out. <laughs> we must do everything in our power to keep those tax dollars from falling into the wrong poor people's hands. How can you have a military without a base? <laughs> Poorly trained officers have killed dozens of people over the last decade, but with the skills provided by Cop City, we would easily push that into the hundreds. <laughs> That's a good one. Because it'll be like a totally cool fort thing where only my cop friends are allowed and we can just like hang out and nobody will be mean to us. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's only scary if you're a criminal or anybody else. <laughs> This mock city is the closest thing I'm ever going to get to an all-white Atlanta. <laughs> yep. That's all I got. So, yeah. and I mean, I saw some bad faith people arguing, like, oh, well, you know, leftists are always saying they want cops to get more trans. I was like, first of all, liberals no, say that. No, we don't. No, liberals no, we don't. say that, first of all. <laughs> but second of all, even if you were one of these fucking idiots who somehow think it's just the training and that that's at fault, this is the opposite of the train. What do you think? They're going to build a fucking college campus there? No, they're going to build a fucking airsoft field. Like, they're going to build a, a bunch of fucking, you know like derelict buildings and areas where they can run around and play fucking war games and learn how to better kill people and treat their fucking city. Like it's Fallujah in the fucking green zone versus like actually learning, you know, de-escalation techniques. That's not anything that's going to be taught at fucking cop city. If it gets built, like that's not the no. purpose of it. It's to give them a fucking playground. And every know, time to, they say more training, killing machines, whenever they say more training, every training course for police is, Two hours in a classroom and then eight hours at a gun range. They work in firearms target practice into every single specialized training program because the unions demand it. They say, well, if you're going to make us sit down and, you know, learn all of your fucking woke shit, then we also have to have, you know, X amount of hours shooting at fucking targets of pew, Osama pew, pew, bin Laden. In the, in the fucking <laughs> range, right. It, it's just, oh, Jesus Christ. And it's it's it, that, seriously, like the woman that pulled her fucking, her gun instead of her taser, it, like I believe that she truly meant to pull her taser because she yelled taser, 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 but she pulled her gun because they, they that's the physical reaction when you're afraid is to reach for your gun, not to think. And they don't drill 
eight hours a week on their taser. They drill eight hours a week on a fucking other regular sidearm. Right. So I believe it was a real mistake drilled into her head by all that fucking training. Right. Right. So, but yeah, let's give people more of that training. That's, that's, that's the answer. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to talk real quick about, uh, the last of us, uh, from this week and you know, whatever else. So if you, if you haven't seen it yet or you're wanting to see it, you know, pause this, come back to it after you've watched it, but we're going to for sure get into some spoilers from this season of the show. Um, yeah. So this, uh, week, the finale aired, uh, and you know, I, I thought it was, um, great as usual with this show. It definitely was, uh, a different pacing than than we're used to i mean the show definitely moves um you know through it burns through story but I, I think people were shocked at how quickly this this show sort of got through uh this bit of the story but um overall i really enjoyed it i think you know i, I guess this is pretty uh true to the ending of the game and that in and of itself was very divisive i guess at the time uh when it came out Um, I guess because people just assume that, you know, any character that's, that's the protagonist of a story needs to always, you know, be doing the right thing and doing the thing that they, I I just, people just can't get around, get their heads around the fact that, you know, just because you're the focus of a story doesn't mean that you're inherently good or inherently evil and that people, you know, I I just really enjoyed the fact that it, it felt like a very human selfish decision that Joel makes in the moment. But also, like, I could see myself doing the exact same thing he did, given the circumstances. And, like, I feel like the people who have this view of it of, like, well, this is crazy. He should think about humanity. I'm like, if your fucking daughter was, like, tricked under false pretenses into, like, brain surgery that she was for sure not going to survive based on the conditions in this fucking hospital, would you not like lose your mind and fucking try to go in there and get her out of gunpoint? Like one of my favorite things in storytelling uh, requires a good chunk of intelligence from the audience, but also you've got to present it in a way where the audience is cognizant of what's happening. And Mm -hmm. that is when the protagonist's stated goal whether they believe it to be true or not believe it to be true is not their real goal. Right. It's, it's not, or at least not their motivation for doing something. Like they might have a noble reason for doing something that they believe is their real, real reason or real reason for doing it. But the real reason they're doing it is something that they may not even be aware of, but is just like gut level instinct of like, you know, somewhat cowardice, somewhat like fear of being alone, somewhat, you know, just like the need to control something or control somebody else. Right. right? And it looks noble, but like, it's actually like really fucking selfish. Um, my big problem with this episode and, and really isn't even the problem of the episode or the problem of the show, but it's this, the, it's the, it's the narrative device in and of itself of, well, either she dies to save society or society dies and she lives is so, scientifically medically stupid because yeah. if you were a bunch of medical researchers and you had this person who was the first person that you knew for a fact was immune to this fungal virus thing you do all and, or and nothing just cut her fucking skull open like that don't would, take blood tests like you have a fucking living her, okay, so so the, so the premise is like you know that because she her mom was bit during childbirth that she somehow was only you know, like I had a fraction of an exposure. Microdose cordyceps. And, right. And th- so that's how she built up an immunity. And somehow like the, the, the message thing that causes it to spread never did because the, in hers, 
brain, it already thinks it had spread everywhere, even though it hadn't. So you have this living tissue example of, of how the immunity works. And their first response is to kill the brain to get to it. Right. No. Have these doctors never fucking heard of a biopsy? Yeah. No, it, you it, know what a biopsy is, right? Yeah. When you cut a little sliver off of the brain and you fucking you, examine it. You take it living you... samples from a living host and you don't kill the host. Because <laughs> right. I guarantee they would have to do dozens, if not hundreds of tests on that tissue. And they would need more of it as they learned more. Also, so would she volunteer for a biopsy? Absolutely. Would she volunteer to die? I would be, you know, if anything, if I was Joe, I'd be like, wait, so I got here an hour ago and you've already run every test imaginable to the point where you're positive you have to kill her right now right. in order for this to work? How does, how, none of that makes sense. Well, none of that it, fucking makes any medical sense. And that was why I was not, I mean, for, and first of all, it's a fictional world, so I can kind of give a shit. And also, like, I think we've seen enough of how bad humanity is both in real life and on this show that I don't think that necessarily trying to proliferate the human race, like, like in the world of the, of the last of us is even a noble goal. But I mean, even if we want to put aside all of that, um, nothing that you see in this, in this episode, and apparently it's even more explicit in the game, how like dirty and like unqualified this hospital is, would would at all give me confidence that this would do anything other than kill her and that any any legitimate fucking you know uh, scientists were were working with the with the fireflies in in this uh setup so like i also would be like yeah fuck this like this is bullshit we're yeah. not and there was all of one doctor there like <laughs> and, and like three nurses like where was the team of crack t- crack researchers who were all gathered around to fucking collect evidence right. he's and... probably like a fucking vet that they found that was like well you're close enough right. like let's you know so you know just just based on the medical science alone i'd be like uh i want a second opinion <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like like if you if you people really are the only cure for humanity to you know take uh, you know tiny samples of, of brain tissue from a biopsy and can be trusted to actually create a vaccine with this, um, you, you aren't the one to do it. Like it, uh, somebody right. else ha- clearly has better, <laughs> has to be more skilled at this than this guy. Like that ship has sailed. Like that, that the, the, the lady from the second episode, the cold open, the scientist in, in, um, I, I believe she was Indian. I, I forget exactly where, but if yeah. that, if that lady was around, sure. Like do whatever you want. Like you're a fucking, you know, infectious disease expert, like fucking genius, right. you know, like, yeah, no, this this fucking guy who didn't even introduce himself, like, yeah, no, not. I, and again, it's, you know, it's a plot device, but if this was at all introduced in a not fucking um, uh, completely like horseshit way, like if they had just like because Marlene Marlene knew she was coming or like, you know, like they knew that, her, that she was supposed to get out there and, you know, they they fucking ambushed them. They kidnapped them, basically. If, if like, even if after that, like when Joel had woken up, Ellie was in the room with him and Marlene explained to them, like, hey, we're just going to take a small, se-. like, it would probably would have been fine because she, because Ellie would have been like, yeah, no, that's fine. Joel would have protested, but whatever. The whole way they went about it, like, they were just asking for him to fucking just go John Wick on their ass. And <laughs> that's exactly what he did. And it was so fucking cool because, like, I, I, you know, and again, I'm not like a guy who just, loves mindless action or like mindless, you know, people being blown away in an action scene. But I, 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 as I mentioned to you off air, like the fact that this show is so grounded for so much of it. And a lot of his like uber violent, like tendencies were sort of repressed for most of the season. 
actually led to this really satisfying payoff in the scene where he mm-hmm. literally just plows through like 15 fucking hardened, you know, fireflies. Um, which in a game that's nothing that's like a tiny fraction but like we've had so little of like the kind of action from the game that when you do show it because again he's not he's not fucking superman he's not rick grimes you know when he goes off he goes off but like he's he's doing it very dispassionately he's not like i must say that you know sound design is great in that scene do you do like it's very it's it's just constant ringing in his ears is like the only real sound because he's just total tunnel vision i will fucking shoot you know like but he's not rushing he's not you know panicking he's just cold methodical going through the motions of what he knows he can do and has to do to to save her regretfully you know And, and i love that this this scene where he's just picking up like you know automatic weapon after automatic weapon calls back to the bunker from season for episode three, where there's a whole wall of guns right. and Ellie's like, there's a whole wall of guns. How can we not take them? He looks at it and he's just like, you can tell he doesn't want to for some right. reason. And this is the reason, right? Cause, and- cause he knows he is a killing machine if he has to be. And he wants to have as little firepower around him for that moment when he knows he's going to snap and fucking use it. And it's all a manifestation of his, of his trauma. Cause I mean, he's exactly beyond- you know, they, they mentioned, I think in the first episode that he was a, he was a war vet. So I'm sure he's, you know, there's, that's a, the reason he probably is as skilled as he is with weaponry, but also why he's, you know, as kind of, you know, mentally fucked up as he is, you know, even when we meet him early on, but then you add the trauma of losing his daughter and the way he does in the first episode. I mean, that's, you know, it just multiple traumas stacked up like one on top of the other, which is why he makes, the decision he does, like he probably would have killed his own brother if his brother was fucking trying to stand between him and, and keeping Ellie alive at this point. Like that's the eh. level to which I, I don't know, but like, I'm just saying like, he's just so laser focused kind on of a, not letting that yeah. happen. He's kind of a mid punisher, you know, like he's right. Kind of, <laughs> similar, similar arc, but he's not, you know, like screaming and frothing at the mouth. He's just kind of like, he's walking around. Oh, you put the gun down. Okay. Pop. Right. And again, <laughs> Moving it's on. Not, he's not, you know, it, it's just very, it was satisfying to watch as a scene. And again, like even like the punisher, like it's not that he's like this Uber hero or this, like you, you root for, I mean, you root for him somewhat because you follow his story and you sympathize with, his trauma, but you have, you understand a character like Frank Castle and a character like Joel is just like a deeply fucked up, broken person. And, and I just think it's really interesting to have that person be the protagonist of your, of your series or one of the protagonists of your series. Um, Mm -hmm. because it's just, it, you see the way it kind of fucks with audiences who just can't wrap their heads around somebody who's not wearing a Cape and, you know, fucking, you know, saving the day by going into the fucking quantum realm or whatever the fuck. Like they just can't, they can't wrap their heads around like a sort of interesting protagonist. Who's not, you know, being I, know. Heroic, I mean, but people, just... people love the fucking game enough that, you know, 10 years later, they're making a prestige. So... Right. Know, but it was so long ago that like, it, but... I, f- I feel like pop culture is so different now than it was in 2005. You know, like it, people love that game retroactively. Cause at the time it was very, we were real fucked up, I think, in the in the in the. I mean, we were, we all remember after nine eleven the way just society and pop culture handled like everything. It was like everything was a fucking funeral, and everyone was dour and like just yeah. You couldn't yeah. play like songs on the radio if they like you know like made you shake your foot or whatever. Like it was just it was just a preposterous time pop culturally. So it's 
it's an interesting translation to 2023 um the sort of shades of gray of joel's character because it's not something we see on tv as much anymore as we did no well i think that's why it was such a popular game is because they introduced complex themes and complex characters to to a medium that was mostly you know pretty fucking cookie cutter right you know when you look at especially look at look at how many movies have been made uh based on video games and none of them were good (laughs) Right, uh, I, I would argue almost none of them have ever been good. I mean, was, did you watch that fucking shit with um? Oh God, uh, Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. I heard that was real bad. Now the, the oh, fucking so, the Drake Uncharted, so... or the Uncharted, whatever fucking. Yeah. I haven't even played the game, and I was just no, like, this no. is this is the fucking the shittiest shit that's ever been shat. Yeah, no, it looked yeah. real bad. Um, and everyone remembers just every. Although I will say the first Mortal Kombat movie, it's not a good movie, but it's enjoy the ni- not the recent one, the ninety seven one or whatever year it was, is enjoyable in its own way. If you were, you know, into goofy fucking kung fu movies at the time, yeah. it's which fun, I wasn't, but... and I'm not now. Although I did have to watch the the newer one whenever that came out. Uh, yeah, um... I watched it. Was well, that was that was like when they were releasing new first run movies on HBO Max during. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 2021 and it it wasn't as terrible as i expected but keep in mind my bar was it was as low as it goes you know i i I enjoyed it i i I, yeah i i've always been into like you know like like good jackie chan movie like not not even his like american comedy stuff but like the really good like legends of drunken master like that shit's fucking great like that oh yeah it's it's a logical you know sort of successor to to bruce lee's you know see these movies. fucking scenes where where two three guys are having a fight for 10 minutes and the camera doesn't cut once and you're just like how and it's how just the, the most fuck? creative incredible <laughs> fucking thing you've ever seen like he just uh, yeah he's picking up bar stools with his fucking legs and flipping them up and bashing people like it's you're like and you don't understand how even america could never america could never everything the fucking it's, it's amazing how media works in this world where you know like American media has a good idea that gets shipped over to, you know, Japan for a couple decades and then it comes back to us and it's like 10 times better. And right. then we, we try to recreate it. We can't <laughs> we fuck fucking it up again. And we tear like I, I showed you that clip of that um, AI generated anime. Oh yeah. 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 That was awful. And it looked like fucking dog shit. And God, like the, the, the movements looked, you know, just completely inhuman. Um, and the guy was tweeting it saying like, oh my God, this is most, this, this just, you know, changes the landscape of anime. And everybody who wasn't American was like, it looks like shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> like how much are they paying you to say this? Cause right. like, there's no way you could look at that people... objectively and think, think it looks good, let alone better no, than hand-drawn awful. animation. Um, yes. Well, speaking of, speaking of horse shit, uh, <laughs> I've been, I caught up on the man. Mandal- well, I didn't catch up quite yet because i guess a new episode came out today but i did watch the first two episodes of the mandalorian uh and it's i saw someone online being like man i'm really getting andor vibes from this latest episode of the mandalorian (laughs) and i'm like what (laughs) it's just like i don't understand what were we watching the same tell like the the it's just i I don't know if it's i I have to imagine that the show is dipped in quality i can't I do not remember the first season being this much I mean, like a Power Rangers. You might have just show. matured as, as a viewer of, of Star Wars. I think I think watching Andor like lifted everyone's bar quite a bit. Well, I think it was just the expectations of what we could get from Star Wars versus yeah. yeah you, you know, it's just. But no, I genuinely do think that there's been a major quality drop to make it even more fucking a product and even more Disneyfied and. Because I mean, there were fucking you know Kurosawa I mean, sort of homages the first got, season. Like it was, it I was mean, not the same show. 
I don't think business. they even have Pager in that suit most of the time. No, well, I know in the first season he he wasn't very much at all, and he kind of like pushed for more of that in the second season because he just you know felt like it was a little cheap to do that. Um, I don't know about at this point. He's got a million other fucking projects lined up, so they probably just you know bring him in for a couple hours for voice work. He just but... does the voiceover, and they have some other guy, you know, his body double do all the fucking scenes right. he's in. We'll see if he has to take his mask off again. Uh, this season. <laughs> they, they'll probably just AI that in too. Yeah. <laughs> right? Fuck oh, Jesus Christ! Um, Uncanny Valley, Pedro. You, oh, I remember it was if it was the pitch meeting or yeah, I think it was the pitch meeting for Mandalorian. It was just like okay, so he has to take off his mask to scan his face into the, the Empire's security thing. It's like, but they didn't have his face on file, so how would that work? <laughs> right. And it's like, but he has to take off his mask to scan his face. So, like, literally anybody with a face could have just waltzed into there, and they could have just... <laughs> oh, you have a face. Here, come right in. <laughs> like, what the yeah. hell? All I gotta do is prove you got a face. I mean, how else would you work for the Empire if you didn't have a face? I don't get it. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Which, which, which makes me think of that fucking... The, the awesome bathroom fight scene from Mission Impossible 6 that ends in the guy getting shot in the face um, but they don't show it but the way you find out that he got shot in the face was someone says well can't you just make a mask from his face and he's like yeah but i need a face <laughs> <laughs> it's like the funniest pg-13 like off camera i gotta you know referring to the violence right. that makes it funny i gotta watch um, that i've i've only think i've only seen the first four yeah good yeah the first sixth four. i've never seen a franchise that got consistently better but i've the heard sixth yeah. one is in like the top 10 action films I've ever fucking seen. Like, and, and just the pacing of the scenes and just the way it progresses. And is that the, the Henry kind Cavill of, one? Yeah. That's yeah, the yeah, one that he couldn't that. shave his mustache for. <laughs> and why we got the fucking horrifying <laughs> oh, justice <God>. league CGI. <laughs> but so- when you, but when you see his character and see the fucking fight scenes he's in, in, in Mission Impossible six, you're like, yeah, this is totally worth it. Right. No, this is, <laughs> this is way a, better. A superior film than absolutely, absolutely. And the twists you don't see coming, and you're actually just like, holy shit, they fucking tricked me. They really got me in this one. Oh. And yeah, just great fucking action movie. And you know, I mean, Tom Cruise keeps doing this. He's the producer on all of them. He keeps like, you know, getting more fucking stunt pilots licenses so they can actually film him doing the fucking just elaborate, increasingly elaborate attempts to kill himself to get away from Scientologists. <laughs> yeah. Like, just I'll jump off the fucking the biggest building in Dubai without a sure. parachute. How are you going to survive? Oh, I don't know. I'll like grab the side of the building. <laughs> like he's just d- doing whatever he can to not make it seem like he's trying to get away from them. At this point, I guess. I guess. Um, but yeah, apparently they're going to do one more movie, but it's split into two. They're doing the Harry Potter thing they always do with everything. So. That's cool. I mean, I, no, he, I, I look. I've always loved Tom Cruise as an actor. I think he's he's he brings an interesting energy uh, to everything he does. You know, whether it's good or a train wreck, like he's always fucking. He's never boring. Like I, I just you know. He's, I thought he's, those Jack Reacher films were boring, but I don't. Well, fault I, yeah, him I didn't for see that. that. But like, I, but right, that was just fault kind of studio pap, you know. But yeah, but right. I'm sure those were. But but no, even in like you know, like he's so unbelievable in some roles, like as a romantic lead in Jerry Maguire. But he's fucking great in that movie because he's just so like pathetic and crazy. Like he's so good at like aspects of that sort of like completely phony character, like just a completely phony person that has no mm. redeeming societal value. And like, it, it, I just, I just think he's really good in a lot of uh, different roles that I've seen him in. Have you seen the color of money? I haven't seen that. No. I, oh I, I my heard that's good. God. Oh, one of Scorsese's fucking best. And to see Tom Cruise age, like, I don't know, 22 um, alongside fucking Paul Newman, 
who's reprising his role from the 1950s film, The Hustler, for one. So that makes it even more fucking amazing, which was also a pool movie. Um, It's and then to see, you know, like all these down and out pool halls that were they shot in real pool halls all over the Midwest in the 80s in the winter. You know, so it looks all dirty and fucking grimy and Forrest Whitaker's there and fucking he sharks Paul Newman's character and you didn't see it coming. Fucking amazing scene, amazing movie, Color of Money. Go watch it. Nice. Yeah, no, I got to check that out. All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps us up. Uh, But yeah, no, just great. Uh, Last of Us, great fucking season. I really enjoyed it. Um, Very cautious about season two because I've heard, I I have ideas of what's going to happen. So I'm very... Yeah, I, but I don't know. Maybe they'll. Ch- I mean, he he did say this is sort of a parallel universe version of The Last of Us. I doubt significant plot details will get changed because the third game is going to make up the third season or, or the fourth season of the. I series, have heard so. that the se- the second game may be broken up into seasons. Well, it's going to be two and three. Yeah, two and three. Um, but it would be a big change as far as the pacing for when certain events transpire in the, in the second game. Um, but yeah, people are going to be mad no matter what with, if they follow the, the second game, people are going to be mad, mad, mad. Yeah. Um, and I know people who I've never played the second game, but I know people who play the second game who have reviewed it on YouTube and they were mad, mad. <laughs> um, because you know, there, there's certain things that happen that are inspired and have a purpose and other things that happen randomly. And you're just like, that didn't need to happen. Right. That didn't, provide me with any kind of meaning <laughs> didn't flesh out the character anymore it's just a fucking plot point that you're on a whiteboard yeah or, or or just like hey let's have something shocking happen and not think about how people are going to react to it right negatively but we'll see we'll see like you said you know they could do a whole show of just pedro or a whole show of just bella ramsey and i'll watch either one but no, I agree. I agree. People are going to be mad. <laughs> and there are other very important like characters, I think, that get introduced that are more than just, you know, one episode hang around characters, I believe, going forward. True. So that'll be interesting, too. I don't really know yeah. anything about those. Well, at least from the game, though, the those characters are fucking them. hated, <laughs> too. So. OK, so maybe that's OK. So, yeah, I, I know there's another another female character that gets introduced that I guess is not super popular. I don't know what her deal is but. I, I guess it's not even because of what she does but just of like the kind of person she is that people just hate her and that you have to spend so much time around her it's not like oh this is the villain for this episode and Haha, she's dead now it's like uh, uh yeah so <laughs> it's like the we'll fucking see. god it's probably the, the the fucking last of us equivalent of doing the fucking mj missions and spider-man where you just have to creep around endlessly and fucking just takes fucking three hours to be. I oh, I hated those missions so much. I hated those too. In fact, whenever I played with my girlfriend, she would always fucking throw the controller out and be like, "You do it." I can't stand the stress. <laughs> yeah, like I, I I couldn't do like the web swinging after the car missions, like because I could I could do it. Oh, those were annoying, but yeah, it was I couldn't do it and keep up in time with the fucking thing because I'm like you know looking at buildings and like waving at birds and shit. <laughs> Well, and those, um, or, those we're chasing the pigeon, chasing the pigeon ones were just like, oh my god, no, I cannot, I can't do those. I don't mind stealth missions in a game like where you're Batman or you're Spider Man, where like if you get caught, you can fucking just blast your way out. Basically, I hate that. Like right. immediately when you're caught, it's like I'll start from the beginning. Like that fucking's just annoying. Like this is not what I signed up for. Just let me, like, if I get caught, just let me beat a bunch of motherfuckers up and hide again. Like that's, that's, you know, the way, the way just, just implying that, you know, it's just kind of sexist that MJ, cause she's a woman can't, you know, 
disable a man and take the gun and start. Can't disable a guy shoot. with an automatic, fully automatic rifle. When, with I thought camera. girls got it done. I was told girls get it done. Okay, so if MJ can't disable uh, a guy with a fucking very AK-47, much forty-seven, uh, then yeah. very much hoping Spider-Man Two does not have one of those fucking missions. But we'll see. <laughs> That's, I think there's enough. You're gonna have Peter and Miles in the game, so I hope I'm hoping that there's enough other shit that they could build into the story where there's not gonna be one of those annoying side missions that you can't skip. But we'll find out, I guess. They, they go on like a uh, like a triad date, the three of them together. And you have to like <laughs> you have to switch between MJ and the uh, the, the other like yeah, just the perspective. Like you have to fuck. It's just awkward. They're like, so do we call this a thruple? And they're like, no, only boomers on CNN call it a thruple. It's called a triad in real life. That's what actually actual polyamorous couples use the word. All right, well, that's uh, I think that does it for us this week. But yeah, if you want to support the show, rate, review, subscribe. Um, wherever you get your podcast, follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left, facebook.com slash move left idiots, uh, patreon.com slash move left. I am on Twitter at move underscore left. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at bike slutty. Yes. See you next week. Did they beat the drum slowly? Did they play the pipe lowly? Did they sound the death march as they lowered you down? Did the band play the last post and chorus? Did the pipes play the flowers of the forest? And did you leave a wife for a sweetheart behind? In some loyal heart is your memory enshrined. And though you died back in 1916, to that loyal heart, you're forever 19. Or are you a stranger without even a name? Forever enshrined behind some old glass pane. In an old photograph, torn, tattered and stained. And faded to yellow in a brown leather frame. they did they drum slowly? Did they play the pipe lowly? Did they sound the death march as they lowered you down? Did the band play the last post and chorus? Did the pipes play the flowers of the forest? The sun shining down on these green fields of France. The warm wind blows gently and the red poppies dance The trenches have vanished long under the plow No gas, no barbed wire, no guns firing now But here in this graveyard that's still no man's land The countless white crosses in mute witness stand to man's blind indifference to his fellow man And a whole generation were butchered and damned Did they beat the drum slowly? Did they play the pipe lowly? Did they sound the death march as they lowered you down? Did the band play the last post and chorus? Did the pipes play the flowers of the forest? And 
I can't help but wonder, no Willie McBride. To all those who lie here and know why they die, did you really believe them when they told you the cause? Did you really believe that this war would end wars? Well, the suffering, the sorrow, the glory, the shame, the killing and dying, it was all done in vain. Oh, Willie McBride, it all happened again and again and again and again and again. Did they beat the drum slowly? Did they play the fight lowly? Did they sound the death march as they lowered you down? Did the band play the last post and chorus? Did the pipes? Play the flowers of the forest.